Hi, and welcome back to Time Limit. I'm Brett Harnett, and I'm the Director of Education at Team Gantt. If you've listened to Time Limit in the past, you've probably heard my voice. I'm really excited to bring the show back with a new format. Starting with this episode, I'll be interviewing leaders and experts about topics ranging from project management and leadership to productivity and everything in between. We recognize that we all have limits on the time we can spend on our work, so we'll focus on topics that impact that time and even ask interviewees to provide real-time tips. This is how we get our competitive edge in business. It's absolutely critical that as leaders and managers, we learn how to set our teams up for success. After all, how we use our limited time can be the difference between success and failure. I hope you enjoy the new format. Please get in touch with me at brett at teamgant.com if you have any questions or would even like to be on the show. All right, let's talk about this episode. I recently sat down with Colin D. Ellis, who is an award-winning international speaker, author of The Conscious Leader, and a forthcoming book called The Project Book, The Complete Guide to Delivering Consistently Great Projects. Colin also helps organizations and individuals change the way they get things done. I personally read his first book and met him at the Digital PM Summit and immediately knew I wanted to get him on the podcast to have a conversation about culture and how it plays out in organizations, on teams, and honestly, how project managers can impact it. I really enjoyed the conversation with Colin and hope he'll come back to Time Limit really soon. Check it out. Hello and welcome our guest this week. Our guest is Colin Ellis. Colin, how are you doing? I'm really good, Brett. Thank you. Great. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast today. I really do appreciate it. I've been following your work for a good amount of time now. It sounds a little bit creepy, but it's true. <laughs> I've also had the privilege to meet you last September at the Digital PM Summit, where you delivered an amazing keynote titled Digital Transformation Starts With You. I also just read your book, The Conscious Project Leader, and I'm really looking forward to talking to you about leadership and culture and lots of things kind of within that. Should we jump in? Let's do it. Let's do Great. it. Great. So I'm going to take it from the top. Um, in the beginning of your book, you say, great leadership provides the foundation for successful project management. And I couldn't agree with you more. Um, I see a lot of people in project management roles who end up feeling like they're in the wrong job or even the wrong company because they're not supported by leadership. I'm wondering, why do you think that happens? There's a couple of reasons, uh, Brett. Firstly, as I still don't think that certainly within organizations, um, senior managers, and you know, I'm tempted not to call them leaders here. I think leadership is one of those things that people should always aspire to be. There are very few people that I've met who are, or I, I would consider leaders. Um, they don't really understand the value of project management. You know, we're seeing this uh, right now uh, with the with the spread of agile. Um, and for those of us who are who are old enough to remember, uh, you know, we had exactly the same with Prince 2 and Pinbock in the early 2000s where senior managers really can't be bothered to fully understand project management and the value that it can, good project management, the value that it can offer. And so what they do is they resort to implementing the latest method of choice. It just happens to be agile. Now, that's not to say there's not some good stuff in the, in the methods. There is. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, is it's the projects are still about people first. Um, and, and, you know, if people don't understand the value of project management, then it's hard for them to value the people in those roles. You know, one of the things I hear a lot is, is, oh, my sponsor doesn't give me time to plan. What should I do? I, you know, my, my answer is always, well, not do the project because that's your job to do that. 
Um, and and so I think that it, it, project management is one of those things that people talk a lot about. I hear it all the time in airport lounges and cafes <laughs> all the time. And yet I still think very few um, managers within organizations understand what it means. But it's chicken and egg break because they've never seen it done really, really well. So consequently, they never invest in it going forward. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Thinking back on my career, I think the thing that, or the reason I was able to kind of break out and go on my own and find a job like the one I have now at Team Gantt is because I actually had that leader, that that agency owner who truly believed in project management and believed that I could do a good job with it. Um, but thinking back, there are other roles that I had where I wasn't as respected and it wasn't just me as a person, it was the role wasn't you know respected as much as as well. So how do you how do you think someone can overcome the feeling of um, not feeling that their role is valued or feeling that they're not respected and that they're they're not able to do a good job because of it? Like how can I overcome that feeling? Well, I think self-awareness is key uh, for a start here, Brett, because I think there's quite a lot of arrogance in our profession. Um, people go, they do a course, they get a badge, and they're like, hey, look at me, I'm a project manager. And we had, we kind of had this kind of pandemic almost of, of kind of uh, certification a few years back where, where our market is kind of flooded with people who've got the right qualifications, but not necessarily the right skills. So I think people have got to ask themselves, am I speaking in the right way? Am I making project management easy to work? understand I you know am I being the best version of myself am I breaking it down such that somebody understands uh, what needs to be done here I think quite often people's the, the role of project manager isn't valued is because people think it's a process to follow when it's not you know it's 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 a it's a role model it's someone who can demonstrate you know how I often talk about project managers being the future of organizations mate and and I think that you know you've got to really uh, be the best version of yourself and show other people what good leadership looks like. Um, and then you have to, you know, speak very calmly and empathetically about what, what, you know, what's the job of a project manager? What do you do? What's, what are you, what's expected of the role? Ultimately it's about, you know, kind of mitigating risk or, uh, protecting reputation or delivering, you know, kind of some kind of outcome to take the business forward. Um, but we don't talk about it in those terms. We talk about very practically, you know, I chair this meeting, I update the schedule, which are all important facets, but uh, they don't really sell the value of the role. Yeah, I agree. I, I also think a lot of it, and I think you alluded to this, it, it has to do with your ability to build relationships and connect with people. Um, I think as soon as you can show that you not only understand the goals of your organization or even the team that you're working on or project that you're working on, um, the minute that you can show that you've built the relationships, you understand how things work, things start to open up, right? Like people start to value you as an individual and then they start to look at the things that you do because you do them well for whatever reason. And then that starts to create a better name for the role that you're in. And, and that's yeah. difficult. Not that that makes it easier, right? Um, but I do <laughs> think that's part of it, that, that I think what you're saying is it's a, very, um, it's, it's a very personal role. Like soft skills are important. You can't just take what you read from a book and do well in this role. 
Yeah, 100% totally agree with that statement. Um, you know, and I talk about the theory as being very, very important, but it pales into insignificance against those soft skills that you need. And, you know, for, for, for any project manager, whatever discipline, wherever you are in the world, it's important that you understand that you're in the relationship building and communication business. That's what you do. You create connection. Um, and I had somebody at a conference, so he's like, oh, well, I'm an introvert. You know, what would, what, you know, what would be your recommendation? I'm like, well, the, the inference there is that introverts aren't good at building relationships. I've got a load of good <laughs> introvert friends. Um, you know, we, we all do our best work on the edge of uncomfortable. So you have to put yourself in situations where, you know, you kind of learn by doing the difficult stuff. Um, but the soft skills is absolutely key. And so, you know, kind of being empathetic, know, knowing how to drive for success is so important. But mm-hmm. these things aren't talked about in the textbook books brett you know and i and i liken some project managers to university students they finish university they get in the working world and they're like hey no one told us about this stuff (laughs) you know and it's the same with project managers management courses they're like hey no one wants to follow the process you know right yeah um but yeah 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 i couldn't agree more those soft skills those relationship building it's so so key uh particularly when it you know it comes to team building right so one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the podcast is to talk about culture, because I think you've got really interesting opinions on this. But before we talk about culture, I kind of want to define it for the audience as well. So I come from a more kind of digital background, meaning I, I, I worked in a lot of digital agencies, startup companies, tech companies, where people tend to confuse culture with benefits, <laughs> uh, meaning so I have a foosball table and there's free beer in the office. <laughs> That's our culture. No, that's not culture, right? Those things, they might impact the culture, but they don't make the culture. Um, so I'm curious, Colin, how, would, how do you define culture? Uh, yeah, that's so true that those things have come to be known as culture. Hey, we got a table tennis table. We're just not allowed to play on it. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so culture, culture is the sum of everybody. And I think that's key uh, for everybody to understand. But it's the sum of everyone's attitudes, beliefs, behaviors, traditions and skills. And everybody's got a role to play in culture. You know, typically we talk of culture as the way that we do things around here and the way that things get done wherever you are on whichever side the organization it, it it's the sum of everybody within it and all of the good stuff and all of the bad stuff too mm-hmm. so i i kind of tend to think of culture in two avenues the, tell me if this makes sense but there's kind of uh the company or the organizational culture and then there's the team culture so i think one impacts the other meaning the organizational culture can sometimes impact the team culture but I've been in those magical instances where a team just gels and they succeed and do really well. So I'm curious if you agree with that, that there are kind of two tracks per se in culture, um, or do you think about it in a different way? So so there are many different cultures, um, Brett. So an organization's culture is made up of the different subcultures within it. Um, so that might be a specific, specific digital team, and then there might be a project within that digital team. And one of the things that I always urge project managers to do is to create the very best culture, to create the very best team. Because what happens, and I know from experience, because this is what I used to do, is people look at you and go, what, what are you guys doing over there? Because everyone's having fun you're getting the job done you know you're kind of all of this visual stuff 
and you know why I talk about culture so much is I think that the certainly projects are missing a trick in not doing that in not creating this awesome subculture that then contributes to the overall organizational culture when projects are done well not only do they deliver outcomes from which the organization can benefit in some way or other um, Brett but, but also you should add to the organization's culture you should be doing something differently to take the organization forward and you see that and, and you know you've been part of it too when you get a project right people talk about it and they're like mm-hmm. remember that xyz project wasn't that awesome so you know by default it adds to the culture so, you know by the same token if you get something really wrong the same is true oh my god that sap implementation god that put us back three years again it adds to the culture but in a negative way and um, so yeah so an organization culture is made up of all of these different subcultures which is why you can't bring a firm of consultants in at the top level with the senior manager and go right let's define this culture thing uh, it just doesn't work because by the time it gets down to the different layers people are like yeah well i didn't get a say so that's not my culture Interesting. Yeah, it kind of can mean something different to to everyone. But mm. in some ways that, you know, a company does have a vision. Uh, many companies might try to explain or describe what their culture is. But it, what you're saying is on the day-to-day basis, it really just depends on what people are doing and how they're impacting the culture, the types of things that they're doing internally um, as teams. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. You know, Netflix is often held up as this, you know, great example uh, of what good culture looks like. But you have to be pretty kind of resilient to work uh, in the Netflix culture. So you have people who are desperate to work there. They get in, they're like, hey, someone just got sacked. It's like, well, yeah, that's what happens in these high performance cultures. Um, but those kind of cultures also bring out the worst in people. You know, we had the we had the head of communications who got fired last year for, for racism, you know? So um, right. it, it can mean different things to different people at different times. And it's hard work maintaining what I call a vibrant culture. Definitely. So on that note, what are some of the qualities you find most in the teams with a really positive culture? Uh, positive cultures or vibrant cultures. So in vibrant mm-hmm. cultures, what you get, Brett, are people who are highly engaged in the work so that they know what they've got to do and they want to do it and that they're high in emotional intelligence. Um, so they understand what it means to be the best version of themselves. So what I see are, are a vision for whatever it is that they're doing. And vision, you have an organization vision, but just as you have different subcultures, you have a vision at a team level, a vision at a project level. And they have an agreed set of behaviors that they stick to. Uh, which is so so important. I think you know we we forget about this within within our team cultures, so we're not able to hold each other to account. Or there's a fear for difficult conversations because we haven't agreed a set of behaviours. And we've got some culture principles, some things that we agree at the start that we then uh, live by throughout the project. You know, and with that comes celebrating success. It comes tough conversations. Uh, it comes you know kind of miles hitting the milestones. You you, you know you got to get it done. You got to get the job done um and you know you really push each other to succeed uh, to the point where um as i mentioned before people are just talking about it it becomes a high performance culture because you t- took the time at the start to define what it looks like and then as a team you uphold that all the way through absolutely so uh, i love kind of what you said there is basically You've got to get the work done. Getting the work done and being successful is what starts to build a positive culture. Um, do you think that there are any things specifically that a project manager can do 
to build and foster a positive team culture? You know, Brett, I, I've I've talked about that. I talk about this on stage a lot, and it's I think it's probably the question that that people ask me most afterwards. Is I you know because I think project managers should be masters at team building. That in you know I, I talked about we're in the relationship building and communication business. We should create the best teams, and in order to do that, you have to take time out at the start of the project. So before we start planning, and it doesn't matter whether you're doing a two week project or a two year project. Although we don't do too many of those these days. Um, <laughs> You have to take time out at the very start to actually build the team. But none of this is in any of the textbooks. As you know, it's the dying art of project management, of building teams. You know, I was fortunate to to speak with Don Price. Don Price is the work futurist at Atlassian before Christmas. And we had a great chat about teams and about the work that Atlassian do, Atlassian, a software company. Um, uh, you know, about making sure that the people know how to create teams and be part, be a good team member. And I just don't see that very often in organizations. You know, on the work that I did, the programs that I do, and most, you know, half a day is spent on self-awareness and the rest of the time is on showing people how to create teams. Because what I find is that generally, they generally know how to manage risk and do a work breakdown structure, right. but not actually build a team, which is the most important <laughs> thing, you know? So um, I, I want to get back to the building a team thing, but I also kind of want to ask kind of the opposite of my last question, you know, of, of the positive, you know, team vibes. But then there's also the opposite, right? Like, I know I've been in situations where morale on a team is really low, becomes an issue, team culture becomes negative for whatever reason. And I'm curious about how that gets remedied and more specifically, if you think the project manager should be responsible for trying to correct some of those cultural issues. Yeah, de definitely. They should be responsible, Brett. Um, that's the first thing. Um, they should, because, you know, it's really their job. They're responsible for making sure that the environment uh, exists for good people to do great work. So they're definitely responsible. You know, some of those signs that silence, gosh, I used to, I used to hate that, uh, where you walk into a room and it was completely and utterly silent. You're like, oh my gosh, it's like a <laughs> library in here. Um, I, you know, I, I do think that there's the, some of the, the, the biggest opportunities that project managers have is to turn around that, um, it's turn around that kind of environment. I was asked at a, a conference in the, in the US in October, uh, someone said to me, oh, I've been given a bunch of people that nobody wants. I was like, yeah, that's going to happen, right? Where you <laughs> give all these people, he's like, why have I got these? I was like, that's going to happen. He's like, but what should I do? I was like, well, you know, the reason that they, nobody wants them is that no one's ever created a great environment and then really driven them towards success. It's like, that's your opportunity here is to be able to do that. And what you do is you sit down with everyone, you start out with the conversation and you talk about what's worked well in the past, what worked hasn't, what hasn't. You talk about, okay, well, what's everyone's um, preferred working style? You've got some introverts, some extroverts. And what you have to do is to really create something that everyone can feel a part of, um, which quite, can be quite daunting when you've never done a program that talks about how you do that. Mm -hmm. And this is where, you know, this is this big gap that I see in, in certification and, and practicalities of project management. 
And so those things where it's quiet, where you've got poor behaviors, I don't like silent objectors, people don't like talking. So you've got to bring people into the conversation. Um, but I think, you know, key to that is setting expectation really, really well, is, is everybody understanding exactly what's expected of them, what they've got to deliver. And then as the project manager, you're almost, you're not micromanaging them, but you're making sure that in line with their personality, you're managing that person on a day-to-day basis. Someone like me, extrovert, gets distracted really, really easily or used to get distracted really, really easily. So I would need someone on my shoulder going, Colin, have you remembered? Colin, have you remembered? Whereas someone who's not me, who's kind of the opposite of me, you can kind of set and forget. I can, mm-hmm. you know, give them a task on Monday and just let them get on with it. Maybe check in on a Wednesday morning. Are you okay with that? Um, I, I, so, so I think it's key that they learn everybody's personality and then create an environment. And, and crucially, Brett, the first person that doesn't deliver to expectation has to be held to account. And this is the bit that most project managers fear. Yeah. Because we think it's all lovey-dovey, nicey-nicey. Um, to get the job done, you really have to put the rocket behind some people. Now, you can do this in a high EQ way. I'm certainly not suggesting for, for one minute that you're abusive, that you're aggressive. None of those things. You don't do any of that. Uh, but you can make sure that people understand what they're in for and then drive them to do that. Um, and then if they don't do it, well, there's usually a process to follow. Uh, but usually it never gets that far. Yeah. Are mm. there any things that you've done or you've found have been, you know, particularly helpful when trying to to kind of right that ship, <laughs> so to speak? <laughs> yeah, well, sometimes you have to sink it. Um, so yeah, uh, it sounds counterproductive, but you do. Sometimes you have to draw a line and say, hey, listen, everything that we're doing right now isn't working except for this one thing. So we're going to keep that and we're going to discard everything else. Mm-hmm. You know, and often when I work with big project management teams or big programs, I did one here in Australia um, just before Christmas, we wrote down everything that was good and everything that was kind of, you know, could be improved and, you know, things that were good there are about two things that could be improved there are about 30 i'm like okay well let's just agree that everything that's gone before is an absolute bag of you know whatever um, <laughs> and then let's work together to fix it but with the emphasis is on working together um and so what i find is there's a there's a kind of there's a dose of honesty that's required there's some humor as well i think brett um you know and i think looking back on my career as a project manager i think that was the the thing that i was blessed to have is i was able to take some of the sting out of some of those situations um just so just to remind people that you know we're here to create something that we're all proud to be a part of but also that takes the organization forward that will mean us you know being slightly uncomfortable at times and pushing each other to succeed um so i think a little bit of that honesty and then uh, some group accountability i think everybody sees the project manager as having this you know kind of complete and utter responsibility for everything if you can get the group at the start to agree that we're all in this together and what the project manager will do is remind us of what needs to be done and when if that's the way that you're going to do it um then at least you start off on the right foot i love it i think the way that you and i talk and think about project management is is very very similar uh, I want to talk a minute about hiring uh, because I, I constantly hear how difficult it is for people to hire good PMs. Um, and often I'll hear people say, you know, I, I can look at a project plan, I can look at an estimate they've done, but what I really want to make sure is that we've got a good cultural fit that's most important for them. Um, but I'm always um, interested no, to know how people actually feel like they can get a good grasp of culture, cultural fit in the interview process. And I'm wondering if there are any tactics that you might recommend. 
Yeah, sure. You know, I it's something I hear a lot too is is you know how do we ensure for culture fit? I was like, well, you got to define your culture mm-hmm. for starters. Otherwise, you got no chance. You got no chance of hiring for cultural fit. What you're doing is using a buzz phrase that you've heard somebody else use, and you right. think is the thing. So if you haven't spent, you know, I always say two days, particularly for big pieces of work, it takes two days to define your culture. You know, and one of the things that me and my team do is we produce a culture deck like Netflix, even just for for projects. If you haven't done that then you can't hire for culture fit you're hiring for what you believe the culture is so you've got to do some work up front to understand within your team what kind of mix of personalities have you got what mix of skills have you got what mix of behaviors do you have you know and what is it that's really really missing i worked with one uh, pmo team you know they had a they were supporting a big program of work i think it was a billion and a half dollars so the pmo team of about 30 people and um they were all the same personality so what you got, Brett, was this um, kind of passive, aggressive, everything by email. They were a good group of people. Individually, they were really, really nice, but they were all the same. And so what was missing was someone really action-oriented to really get stuff done and tell them that the way that they were behaving wasn't good enough because none of those people could do it. Hmm. So, you know, one of the tactics that I used to use is firstly, we always took the time to build a team. We always took the time to write it down. You know, we agreed a bit of a charter. Now, a charter for most people has become a bit of a form filling exercise rather than a two day workshop. It should be fun. It should be fun to do. But the charter would then describe our, our team culture. And then I would go in knowing what kinds of personalities I had within the team. What was missing? Do I need an action person? Do I need a social person? You know, right. I, I was usually the most social person in the team. <laughs> um, and so it needed someone else. Um, and and that's what you look for when you interview. You know, I did a, did a big finance system project. You know, I was head of projects for a large government organization. And we didn't need someone to head up this finance systems project. The, the CFO was a real detailed guy, so I needed a real detailed project manager. So we went into the hiring process knowing I needed someone who was good with facts, with figures, with numbers, who could talk, who, who had an answer almost for every single financial question. And that's what we looked for. You know, I, you know, we weren't looking for someone who was overly enthusiastic and excited and positive. They had all of those qualities, uh, but their primary strength was on facts and figures, and that worked well. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. All right. Last question. The name of our show is Time Limit, as you know, and it kind of implies this idea that we're all working with limited time to get things done, get quality work done, right? I think it's something that we all face in some way. We're all limited in how much time we can spend on things, especially in a situation where you're really focused on getting a project done and you have to deal with a budget and meeting goals and making stakeholders happy and making sure that your team is meeting deadlines. At the same time, you're concerned with culture. You're concerned as a project manager. You're concerned with morale. And you're concerned that people are positive and people are feeling good about not only the work that they're producing, but the relationships that they're they're working on or working uh, with their coworkers, right? So I'm wondering... Do you have any tips for building better culture when you've got serious constraints on your time, uh, when there isn't time to do two-day workshops and sit down and think about what everyone's there to do? If you're really just having to jump in it and you're always in the thick of a project, what do you do? 
Uh, so you still take time out at the start, Brett. I think there's this misconception that we just need to get started. Time mm-hmm. is so tight that we just need to get started. But the the effort that you put into conversations at the start to organize people and yourselves will never, ever be wasted. You know, there was one survey that showed that only 9% of organizations do planning really, really well. The fact of the matter is, is you're still going to have to put the effort in uh, to do some kind of planning. So it's still better to do it at the start than have to firefight all the way through and um, so you know my you know in in, in our kind of time put on time is the most precious commodity that we have is you have to look at yourself are you being the most productive person that you can be instagram save it for lunchtime or your travel to and from work except if you're driving in which case wait till you get home <laughs> um are you being the most productive version of yourself then sit down have a conversation with everybody at the start of every day to make sure that they're all being the most productive versions of themselves and uh, too because you know make no mistake there's enough time to get the work done we're just not using you know, usually using it productively enough yes i completely agree i am constantly telling project managers if you spend time early on to properly estimate and plan and set expectations you're going to save yourself tons of time later down the road it might not feel that way when you're when you're spending that time early on but you're going to be happy that you did yeah, that's right. And, and Jason Fox said in his book, Game Changer, he said, planning only gets in the way of work if it's done really badly. That's so true. Yeah. That's a good one. It's a really good one. Yeah. Well, Colin, thank you so much for joining me today on Time Limit. Any final words of wisdom or things you'd like to share with our listeners? Yeah, sure. You know, as I say all the time, project management, when done done well, uh, can change the world. And I'd urge project managers out there to be the future organizations and hold yourself as a role model for other people to follow, because by God, we need them right now. Love it. Thank you so much, Colin. Thanks, Brett. Okay, that's all we have, folks. Colin and I probably could have talked for hours, but I hope you got something great out of what we did discuss. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be talking about more topics like this to help you make the most of your limited time. If you're looking for more resources on project management, check out teamgant.com, where we offer free classes, templates, and resources in addition to our popular and easy-to-use project planning and management tool. And of course, don't forget to subscribe and rate the show on iTunes, and check out our show notes for more information about Colin and his work and how you can get in touch with him. Thanks. Thanks.